listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Jenny Butt. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. So we're speaking on the occasion, you've recently, well, in 2020, you came out with your debut collection, short stories, which are absolutely fascinating. The title is so provocative, Each of Us Killers, and it makes me just think about those who don't live a vegan lifestyle, even just metaphorically, we are killers that relating to that. Right, yeah. Now, the real incident that happened in India that kicked off these protests was that four young Dalit men had been found skinning a dead cow. Now they claimed that the cow was already dead when they began the skinning job, which was their work. But this group of upper caste young men accused them of actually killing the cow before skinning it. And they publicly had these four young men, the lower caste men, stripped and flogged publicly. And then there was a video that circulated almost throughout the whole of the country of this flogging. These four young lower caste men being uh, stripped and flogged by these upper caste men for allegedly having killed a cow, which is a terrible thing in, in a country like India, having killed the cow and skinned it. And that the protest, therefore, by the lower caste community was against this violence inflicted on these four young men. That's something that that kind of conflict between the upper caste and the lower caste continues. It's still an ongoing thing and it manifests in a lot of ways. It will manifest in ways beyond flogging where the lower caste people will be driven off their land or will not find jobs or will you know, not be allowed to go into certain places. I mean, that sort of thing still goes on. So that's a big deal. I just like the whole, the title of the, the collection, there are many different ways to, to take it. But on that particular story, I thought about how we, our culpability and whether um, we're thinking about it now because of, um, you know. We're... And that's the last line of that story. That's how the title came about. It is the last line where the the whole community is thinking that we're all killers. We're all killers. And in, in some way or other, we're killing each other's finer instincts or we're killing something within ourselves but we're all killing something every day. And it's not just about this cow. I felt that the death of that young man who swallowed acid, as many other young men did across the country in protest, killed something within the community as well. It wasn't just the death of the man and that was tragic enough, but I think something died for that community within their own ranks, whether it was there sense of being able to do something for themselves or just their sense of well-being as a community. Why do you think there is a lack of representation in mainstream media and what ways can we benefit young Americans with these nuanced perspectives that we have as Desi women? Yeah, I love this question, Leah, because this is my soapbox with the podcast and, and everything. This is why I do what I do in terms of the advocacy and and literary citizenship, because when I first came to the U.S. and start, I I applied to and dropped out of two MFAs by around 2000, which was ages ago, I know. But back then, more than 20 years ago, 
we didn't have as much diverse faculty and some of the work that I was writing didn't quite fit into that kind of mold. And so I ended up dropping out. And we do have certain Desi women writers get onto course curricula, but it ends up being the ones that write mostly to Western readership. So you'll have a Jampalahiri, for example, and her writing is beautiful, but she's writing about a certain elite educated immigrant Bengali culture, which does exist, of course, but she does check off all the tropes of, oh, the sad and lonely immigrant and all of these, whereas, and I keep thinking, well, what about the Desi immigrant who came here with nothing in their pocket and then built a whole empire? Where did that immigrant go? Because there's a lot of those. There's a lot of Desi immigrants adding to the economy of this country, and we don't hear enough stories about them. There are a lot of South Asian writers. You just go to my podcast website and look at the 87 plus books out this year alone. And that's not even all of them. And I think, how, how is that? When my book came out, I talked to some folks about my book too. Oh yeah, I've read Arundhati Roy and Salman Rushdie because those are the only big name writers that they know. I think it starts with our own community. It starts with our own community recognizing and uplifting our own writers. I see some of our writers, for example, they see writers doing book reviews or doing interviews and they will not cite a single South Asian writer. The citations, the quotes are all other writers. And I'm thinking, what, you could not find one South Asian writer quote worth adding to your book review, worth adding to this, this essay that you wrote, this literary essay? So it really has to start with us. It really, I am a firm believer in this. And, and a rising tide will lift all boats. And so we start uplifting our community, See, I'm not going to go and blame other communities for not reading South Asian writing if my own community isn't doing it. So I'm going to say it starts at home. Let's all start reading and uplifting and mentioning our writers' works. We have a lot of literary traditions that go back to ancient times. We have folk tales, we have mythology, we have oral traditions. We have a rich, vast array of languages that are now, a lot of them are getting translated into English, books that are getting translated. We have so much rich cultural heritage to draw on and we don't. So that's my platform. And speaking of folklore and translation, I, I know you're a translator and I wonder how that informs you as a writer. I like the complexity of always learning. Every new translation I do, I'm learning something new about the craft of writing as well. Because when you interrogate a text to translate it, you are recreating it. You are co-creating it with the author in a way. And because you're co-creating, it's a creative process and you're co-creating, you are questioning every word choice. And, and I think that helps me become a close reader. It helps me become a better editor of my own writing. And so I think the translation certainly is a good skill to have as a creative writer. I think definitely that uh, translation is writing and it's an interpretive art, like acting is, you're inhabiting a voice and right. taking on the characters. And if you don't do it convincingly, it could be like uh, a dead uh, in a, a script, or it doesn't come to life. 
we think a lot about the future and education, the importance of the arts and um, the things in society that we'd like to change. And what are some of those things for you as you think about the kind of world we're leaving for the next generation? I think what we all want is more diversity. And not just because it's a buzzword, but because the diversity helps us all become culturally more tolerant of each other, more accepting of each other, if we see and understand that difference is what makes us special, that difference isn't what divides us, but it makes us unique and special. And as writers and artists, it's those differences that draw us to each other. We see something different with it. Oh, like when I go to a certain new place and I'm listening to the language and I'm just hearing all these rich textures and I'm like, oh, I love this place. I love being here. And so I just feel like the more diversity we can promote and, and kind of the work you're doing, I mean, a huge project that you're doing and all the, the diversity of all the artists and it's multidisciplinary what you're doing. You're not just talking to writers like me. To me, we should have more of that kind of stuff. So to me, one utopian thing that would be amazing is what you do with all the universities and everything. I would love to see a world where, as Dia was saying, South Asian literature by women writers will show up on course curricula that we have books about more than just the usual tropes that people expect from South Asian literature. So those are the things that I think would just make us culturally more tolerant of our world and of our people. That's a very important goal to have. Stories do really make a difference because, as you say, they allow us to accept experiences that we might not see and, and hear from the, those with the the most to say might have had experiences in their life that make them be quiet and make them hold back, but they have sometimes the greatest wisdom to share. And you really bring that out in, in this collection and in others to come. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.